My name is Brock, and this is the Dungeon Master's Toolkit Podcast. If you'd like to help us make more content, consider joining the Patreon. You can also bookmark our affiliate links to Amazon and DriveThruRPG to support the show with each purchase. Want a free way to help the show? Give it a review on your favorite podcast platform, or like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Finally, if you'd like to be on the show, or think you know a great guest, contact me on the Discord server or on Twitter. And with that, let's jump into the episode. All right, welcome. We are in the car. So forgive poor audio quality. And this is going to be world building. If people are interested in being a guest and helping just come on and, you know, spend a half an hour to an hour to just do something like this, or we just kind of take a topic and kind of run with it and see where it goes, I would be very interested in that with people. So hit me up on Twitter, on the Discord server, if you are interested in that, or Leave your comments on what you think about this world-building piece, and we'll go from there. All right, so the thing I want to talk about today is elves, and specifically a forest metropolis city that is built into, you know, one single massive tree, right? It's the, uh, it comes up in various literature and movies. Where, you know, in the middle of the forest, there's this tree that's like a thousand times larger than everything around it. And there's usually like a city or town or something kind of built into this, you know, this place. And, you know, all the elves live there or whatever, right? The wood elves, kind of what we're thinking of. I believe Avatar The Last Airbender had something like this, if I remember correctly. The Avatar, uh, the James Cameron movie has, you know the giant tree in the center of the forest that they all live in. And gosh, there are other places that have talked about it or mentioned something similar, right? So I wanted to kind of just take a look at that setup, right? You've got elves in the forest or or not, not even necessarily elves. Some, you have some culture or race or, you know, beings that specifically live harmony with nature and they live in this massive tree at the center of the forest right that's kind of the thing i'm looking at doesn't matter if they're elves or not or whatever maybe they're dwarves maybe they're tree dwarves that'd be neat but what why you know first off the main question is why are or why is this massive tree like how does that even exist right like are there more of those is it is it a special tree in and of itself? Is it like a magical tree? Is it is it a regular tree that's been enhanced by, you know, nature magic that has allowed it to grow to this this size? And one of the first thoughts that I had when I was kind of thinking about this idea the other day was typically elves or, you know, insert culture of people here typically they're referred to as like innately magical in some way they have some connection to magic right and i also was thinking it kind of along with like gardening and stuff you have this like composting and different plants will utilize different resources in the soil 
And when you, you know, grind up organic matter and essentially create compost, it, the soil becomes very rich with nutrients and that makes things grow way, way better than just, you know, whatever their regular soil is like, right? So that kind of led me to the thought of, well, if you have a race of people who is specifically and kind of culturally geared towards being harmonious with nature, they're going to have kind of a regenerative approach and like life cycle, right? So they're going to, they're not going to waste things. They're not going to waste materials, anything that they can't, you know, use to like construct things is probably going to get, you know, composted or in some way kind of fed back into the system, the symbiotic, you know, relationship with the trees and stuff that they live around. So if you have beings that are innately magical, then when they pass away and essentially like degrade, would, would that magic then, you know, become infused in the soil? Would that would that like naturally, magically like enhance plants and stuff that were growing around that type of soil, right? So maybe you have this culture of elves. We'll just, we'll just stick with elves because that's just kind of the easiest imagery for now. But if they maybe have around death, they have some sort of a ritual and I don't know, like cremation or something would maybe make sense and that you kind of condense back down into, you know, a material that could then be like fed into the soil around the roots, be either like burial ceremonies or something is, you know, spreading of the ashes or you have, they have specific, you know, burial places by the roots of the plants. Right. And that's, and maybe there's a different reason for why they started doing that. And then with this relationship, you know, they're tending to this tree, this massive, massive tree or it's a series of, of trees that all have this, but then you have this kind of magic, magically infused soil along with all of the other, you know, byproducts and stuff that, you know, the culture isn't wasting, you know, thinking like if they go hunting or like native Americans, right? The native Americans, when they would hunt like bison, they would kill a bison and then they would take everything. They would take the, the furs to make clothes and they would use the bones to make weapons and tools and they would eat meat and like nothing was ever wasted right and anything you can use would be returned to to the soils for for farming and stuff when they did crops they would catch fish and they would bury the fish with the with the plants and then the plants would grow better because there's a bunch of nutrients you know sitting right by their root system so they feed the plants their catch and the plants grow bigger and feed them more. And, and there's this, this big, big regenerative cycle, right? Which is super cool and would make a lot of sense for a culture like, you know, wood elves who are symbiotic with nature and live in and, and among nature. And so that was kind of the initial like the initial pathway and thoughts here, like, oh, why, why are these trees like this? Why would, a, how, how would a society grow a series of trees or, or a single tree to be this massive thing, right? And it, I think with consistent care and, you know, innate magicalness of the, the beings living around it, 
is going to help give it that food essentially to become this massive, massive tree that is, you know, a thousand times bigger than every other tree around it. And it was also kind of thinking like just the imagery and thinking of like Lord of the Rings. I think it's the Hobbit series where they actually visit one of the elven, the wood elves. And you kind of see inside of, you know, this very like wooded building and everything is not building, but you know, they live in the trees and everything is twisted wood and or twisted or carved, or it's like grown kind of, what is it? Bonsai style where it's directed growth to fit certain shapes or to, to make certain patterns. And that kind of like slow manipulation over time, over the, the course of like this plant growth is going to give you these really neat places. And some stuff could be constructed. You know, I could see like large kind of open spots or, on, or like or along the sides where you've got like a series of platforms that are built out. And then you've got, you know, you kind of stand more standard, like building construction things potentially. But for elves, I think most of it would be probably kind of innately carved. And depending on how the street grows, you could have hollow insides where you have, you know, things or, or sections inside of the tree. I mean, trees that get large enough sometimes hollow out on the inside and you actually kind of have a center ring. That's probably more with like diseased trees and stuff. But I know sometimes when they fall over, they're already like the insides have kind of been carved out a little bit. So that's probably likely due to bugs, you know, now that I think about it more. But in a in a certain way, elves living in a massive tree would kind of be like insects, although they may, as part of their symbiotic relationship, they may carve out certain sections inside to make, you know, houses and areas which would to some degree impact the tree. But unlike, you know, emerald borers or whatever that go into a tree and basically eat the entire tree alive until it's dead, the elves would be kind of offsetting some of the damage that they're doing to, you know, carving out the insides of a tree to make, to make living spaces. They're still going to be caring for it and doing it in a way where they're overall are kind of like a net zero net zero impact on the health of the tree right and they're going to be doing other things to try to to benefit the tree more so they're they're doing more good for the tree than harm to it right so coming back to that symbiotic nature another thing that would be neat there is you know trees move a lot of water from their root system and then up into the leaves and stuff and so it seems like it would be fairly trivial for elves to be able to tap into those kind of water veins or capillary i don't i don't know what the the correct term is for for trees i i'm a little rusty on my biology but the idea with the water is that at any point inside of the tree it should be fairly simple for the elves to tap into the veins essentially that carry water from the roots up and have a way to like almost have running water or at least access to water inside of the tree. So you could build these kind of elaborate city structures and still have elaborate, not, not elaborate, but have access to water, which is going to be one of your main reasons or your, what is it? not having access to water is a problem. So that's going to be important. Uh, another thought with that is it would be interesting if they had like these 
big areas that were like bathhouses almost where they had more of the water like collected almost makes me think of uh you know sometimes when there's damaged stumps and stuff or trees just like from my childhood growing up you know if a limb falls off and there's like a hole there then that a lot of times that would fill up with water and the problem in minnesota is that you get mosquitoes in those little pools of water but if you had an elvish society i could see something like that being turned into like a open air bathhouse or something you know depending on depending on the climate obviously if it's snowing maybe that's not going to work quite so well but there's always opportunities for you know them to use fire in certain ways to to warm those as well so that you've got the the uh open air elven bathhouses in the trees so that could be fun what else so as far as like things going wrong if you wanted some sort of storybooks i mean some of the obvious ones are that the tree is in trouble you know disease insects actual harmful insects uh, of some kind or drought you know lack of water lack of rainfall would be not good that would be things that would need to be fixed you know insects would be a good like combat you know you gotta gotta get rid of the got gotta get rid of all the insects you've got combat disease disease would be something a little bit more puzzle oriented perhaps to try and drought another one would be more of an environmental problem you could also have invaders and fire maybe there's you know the orcish warlords are chopping down the forest and setting it alight or something right so now you've got to go deal with another faction that's trying to invade another kind of classic D or fantasy trope i at least i feel like is cultists so you could always have a you know there's some sort of a threat or a group of cultists and they're trying to corrupt the tree or they're trying to summon the tree as an eldritch just like animate it essentially as like an eldritch god or something maybe they think that the the tree is some ancient you know powerful magic and that's where they draw their magic from instead of vice versa so the the tree is granting them power instead of the instead of the elves granting kind of growth to the tree. And so they're trying to do something and, you know, destabilize the current government in inside this grand tree to, to take it over or to perform some weird ritual or whatever. You know, they think it's some sort of a cleansing rite, but it's, you know, it's actually killing the tree or something. Who knows? Let's get up to cultisty things. Or they're just straight up summoning like demons or in, especially if they were like insect type demons, right? You could tie both of those together, right? She's like, oh, there's this invasion of, of like insectoid demons or something. And like, what's happening? Oh no, you look into it and oh, the cultists are opening portals to, you know, let the demon insects in and eat eat through the trees right and now you're on like a kind of like going through the sewers except it's like you're going through tunnels carved out by insects or by massive like demon insects you know that sounds fun right now okay well you got rid of the insects now we got to stop the stop the cultists before they unleash 
bigger demons or more demons or whatever, right? Before they, you know, they're eating a hole around this certain section and it's going to collapse or something. Who knows? You know, terrible cultist things because cultists are terrible. What else? What other like adventure hooks, plot hooks could you get your players up to? If you have any, I would really enjoy some comments on this, either on the video on YouTube or on the Discord server. Let's get a little bit of discussion here. What other plot hooks could you have, you know, around this tree, whether it's in peril or maybe it's not, maybe there's just, you know, political turmoil happening inside of, you know, this great tree, you know, warring, invading factions is always, always easy. And also makes me think of the Lord of the Rings and kind of the Urukai when they're uh, cutting down all of the forests and the ants and then using those to fuel the fires of war and the forges and, and building, you know, siege weapons and stuff, right? So I can, I can entirely see a, an orc general that's like, chop down all the trees and if you can't chop it down, burn them, you know, just total war, total devastation. What is that? There's a, there's a term for that. Scorched earth tactics, right? I mean, orcs would be bastards of scorched earth tactics, or you just leave nothing behind. Let's see what, what other types of things could you get up to with a city that large? If you wanted to do, especially if you treat it as like a metropolis, right? Like this is a massive city. People go their entire lives living inside of this city and never leaving and never really needing to leave because there's just everything is there, right? Like you're like living in Los Angeles, right? Like Los Angeles has a higher population than several states do, right? So, you know, you, you could never leave Los Angeles and you would you know, you would still experience, you know, your full range of, of things because there's just so much there, right? So if you had an entire elf campaign, you know, everybody who decided they wanted to play elves or like West Marches even, and you use this city as your main location, your main base, right? You could, you could entirely have or Blades in the Dark, right? So, so West Marches style is the tree and kind of the forest area is the last known or only known civilization. And it's dangerous to leave, but this is your safe place, right? That's West Marches. You'll go out and then you come back. Blades in the dark, you could have various factions, right? We've got maybe cultists. We've got different political factions that are vying for, for power and control of various sectors of this metropolis city. You could run a game like that. And you could run everything entirely inside of the city. You would never have to leave if you didn't want to. A more traditional like DD campaign is this is probably just a location that the players, you know, they may be here for a couple of sessions or they may leave. It may be a one-time deal. That would be more like the Avatar The Last Airbender when they're in like the swamp in the big, big tree area and they just, they go and they visit and they're there for like a few episodes and then they're gone and they leave and they go do other things, right? That's maybe more of a typical use case for this. And then, you know, maybe they show up and there's a problem, you know, like a typical D&D campaign. You show up, somebody's got a problem, the players decide to help, they spend a couple of sessions doing some stuff, they fix it, they kill the cultists, eliminate the insects, whatever, they get 
you know, the blessing of the wood elves and somebody gets a magical bow and arrow, the usual. So there's some ideas there for how you could work it into your campaign or into your game. We have some ways that it could be in peril or, you know, problems, adventure hooks that could be going on. Just being a metropolis, you could get up to all of the, all of the other, you know, general city problems. You've got things you could do in and around, you know, I'm sure there would be hunting parties and people like foraging parties. I assume as elves would probably go out into the nearby forest to collect, you know, various foods, you know, hunting and stuff, obviously probably happens outside of, of the tree, depending on what amount of wildlife sticks around the tree. But also I would assume that a decent amount of wildlife would take shelter by the tree. Then again, you've also got elves, which are predators nearby. So maybe less of that. So maybe the elves need to go out into the woods to find food. You know, they have water from the tree, but food sources are important. Different sections of the trees would be interesting, right? You've got, we kind of talked about potentially a bathhouse type area. You're going to have living quarters, different, depending on the culture, potentially different levels of class. So you may have more of like a poor, poor areas and then like a middle class area. And then, you know, you like your government and elite type areas. And maybe the ranking or the kind of prosperity of the different places or the different locations is maybe depends on how high up in the tree you are, right? I mean, it would make sense if the higher you are in the tree, then the, you know, that's like high class uptown. I mean, thinking of like business, like skyscrapers, right, are very large. Like office buildings, typically the higher you are in the building, at least, at least I think the higher you are in the building, the more expensive it is, right? Like those are the nice, the suites, right? The presidential suites at the top, you know, at the 86th floor or whatever. I do know that that actually used to be reversed. It used to be the poor or the cheaper rooms were at the top before elevators were invented because... You paid a lot to not have to walk up 86 flights of stairs, but then once elevators became commonplace, then that switched a little bit because now you've got the view and it only takes you, you know, five minutes to get to the top and you don't have to walk the whole way. So that's also another thing that you could include, right? Is some sort of an elevator pulley system. How do people get around this massive you know, this massive tree, obviously elves are typically considered to, to be nimble and agile and able to kind of get around. And not everybody is going to be, you know, Legolas levels of, you know, agility and being able to climb and stuff. You're going to have children and you're going to have elderly. People are going to be disabled, I assume in some way, you know, physically or whatever. So they're going to have to have some way to move people around elevator let's see elevator here's our water could make sense again potentially if they have some sort of water system that allows them kind of thinking like canals but maybe more of like a like if you have a tube filled with water and you put 
something in like if you put like a little canister so like a, like a water elevator i guess right so a conventional elevator is a tube with a you know capsule that then uses pulleys to move you up and down right but you could have kind of like a canal type thing lift or you basically have a tube that's filled with water and you have your capsule right you're you have an air airtight capsule which would be your elevator pod essentially you hop into the pod and then the pod wants to float it wants to go up so the pods at the bottom they basically always go up and then they stop at whatever you know whatever stops they need to stop at and then once they get to the all the way to the top couple options they could flood the capsule and let it sink all the way back to the bottom so this would be a one way you'd only be able to go up in this scenario or maybe they just they have some sort of a mechanism where they put like a heavy weight on top of it that then you know counterbalances all of the air so then they can swing them back all the way to the bottom and then kind of then they take that weight off they still have to get the weights back up though so the other way you could do it is if you had two different you have two different chutes essentially so you have let's say you've got one tube that's filled with water that's your upward momentum your capsules are going to try to float so they're going to move up you're going to have some sort of a mechanism to stop them at each at each point let people off or on and then remove that locking mechanism and let them continue up to the very top once they get to the top then they get slid over to different chute essentially where they probably use then again some type of a pulley mechanism to lower them back down uh, slowly to the bottom then, but then again, if you're going to use pulleys at all, then like, why even use the water? Just use the pulleys and let them go up and down, you know, instead of, instead of just the one. But I just feel like elves and nature wise, as, as far as technology goes, dwarves and stuff, it would make sense if they've got some sort of like water powered elevators and, and pulley systems and whatever, but but elves, you would, it would just feel like they would be more, they would have a more natural approach, right? They, not that they don't use technology, but they try to be as close to nature as possible. So I feel like they wouldn't necessarily go to the mechanical first, you know, pulleys and levers being a little bit more mechanical than, you know, using water pressure, for example to move around. I don't know. That's an interesting thought though, as to what, what kind of things you would have. If they did go the mechanical route of having, you know, just straight up elven elevators, you also potentially have the concept of like gondolas, some sort of, you know, like chairlift, lift thing where you have these carts that are being pull across large distances, you know, via, via a pulley system, which would be very interesting and kind of cool, you know, personally, if I could be in a giant tree like this, wouldn't it be super cool to like take the gondola from one, you know, one section across this big open area where you've got this cool view, you're looking at the trees and you're getting, you know, loaded up to another area that's lower or higher so yeah some sort of a chairlift gondola type system could make sense as well if you wanted to get a little a little bit more mechanical with it elevators potential water pressure 
boats and stuff wouldn't make quite as much sense if there are some sort of tamed flying creature you could have you know like kind of like an avatar the avatar series where there's like the like dragon reptile flying things that they can ride on so they can use those to get around again that doesn't necessarily help if you have like children or like elderly people or or disabled people it's gonna be kind of hard for them probably to ride beasts to get around so there's some ideas there different sections i wanted to go back to the different sections of what you know like what would the makeup of the tree be so you've got you know, you've got your root system and kind of the, the ground layer, which is going to be very different from your top, like, canopy layer and your trunk layer. So I almost feel like you've got kind of three major, major spots. So ground area is going to be where that's going to be how you access the tree, right? So hunters and foragers are going to be coming in and out of there. If you're going to be doing some sort of like burial rituals and the like to, you know, feed the roots of the tree, that's going to happen kind of in this root system area. It's also going to be where largely you're going to want to have defenses for, you know, that's the main spot that people are going to be attacking if they're attacking your city, right? So you're going to need to have some sort of walls or defenses, likely natural in a way. I almost could see this as being like those swamp trees. I think they're called mangroves where the roots are like exposed. So, so you have like a lot of like gnarled, curly root system and almost to some degree, the defense of this place would be that it's almost like a winding maze and tunnels to get, you know, into certain areas of the tree. Right. And the root system almost acts as a as a defensive barrier just because people get lost in there. It's hard to move through it. Like if you were trying to to move forces, like military forces through it, it'd be like one at a time. It'd be hard to like climb through. And you've got elves who know their way through like these tunnels and these curves and are just nimble enough to get through and to kind of eliminate enemy soldiers before it's a problem. Your main concern then is going to be like, well, if we can't get through it, we'll just burn it down, right? Like, that's the, the easy solution to something like this. So you would need some sort of a defense or just scouts, rangers, preemptive strike forces that would be eliminating exterior threats, right? If anybody tries to get in, the guards are just going to take them out and you're just going to, you know, bottleneck them and make it impossible for them to get in. But then you're going to have, you know, like strike forces that would go out to do defenses probably to just kind of keep the areas safe so that people aren't starting your tree on fire. And maybe something about the roots makes them, you know, fireproof or mostly fireproof, right? Like if the, there's got to be a lot of water moving through these roots. So maybe as soon as you burn the outside or you put a hole in and it starts leaking water. So then like the fires just kind of don't, don't really work, right? Like if you try to just soak wood in, in water and you try to burn it, it doesn't burn very well. Even it's still flammable, but it just uh, doesn't burn well. Takes a lot to get wet wood to burn. So, you know, there could be some kind of natural immunities to that as well. Now, if you're in a drought, you've got other problems because now the water situation is not going to be there anymore to help protect it from fires. Then moving up the trunk, 
So a lot of the, so I guess the base layer is a lot of kind of functional, get, you know, getting in, getting out, defenses, burials, and that sort of thing. So probably not a lot of like living areas there. I guess I would say probably poorer areas would live there because it's not really, it's not really meant for living. It's not great living space if there are any, but that's where like potentially you have not necessarily churches, but like your morgues or whatever your your like undertakers and stuff like they probably like live near the root systems and maybe people see them as like creepy and weird, right? These are like the root dwellers, you know, like the hunters and the foragers, they come and go and they just pass through these areas. But like the undertakers, they live here, you know, they're just kind of a little weird and twisted, you know, like the roots. And the next kind of chunk, and I'm sure you could split this into several chunks, would be the, the trunk of the tree. And if you wanted to do some sort of a class system, you probably would do the higher up the trunk you are, the more, you know, like wealthy or more and more well-off you are, the areas are, right? Kind of makes me think of the like 13, 13 from Star Wars and like Coruscant, like the lower levels of Coruscant are, are not wealthy, right? Like if you're on the surface, you're doing real well. If you can see the skyline. You're doing real well if you're, you know, but there are hundreds of layers of, of, you know, city. And if you're underneath, you're not probably doing so great. And so you could have, you could have various sections. Um, but for the most part, I feel like the trunk would be like your everyday, your everyday people for the most part. You're going to have living spaces. You're going to have markets. You're gonna, you might have different bathhouses all of these various things in places. And as you move up, the wealth might get a little bit better. In the center of the tree, I would think the center would maybe be slightly more like utility or, you know, there's gonna be more water and stuff inside potentially. I don't know if that would make a ton of difference. There's also thinking, so top to bottom, or bottom to top, you know, wealth goes up as you go, as you go up. But wealth also probably increases as you get to the outside edges of like the trunk or the tree, because that's where you're going to have like a nicer view. So like the interior side, interior kind of might be poorer. And then as you get to the exterior places on the tree, you might have more wealth, might have nicer quality stuff, because that's where the views are. And then I guess the top makes me think of like, some degree like nobility government management right like they're all at the top of the tree and they don't come down and talk to anybody and maybe you've got a handful of you know you've got living spaces like high-end living spaces and stuff government sections and rooms for so you've got different sections of the canopy essentially maybe dedicated to government dedicated to ruling and laws stuff like that and they maybe don't typically ventured down to so you, you would probably have some higher end like marketplaces and stuff like that, that, that specifically caters to those like officials and the nobles and stuff. But for the most part, they normal people wouldn't typically be allowed up there very much. And adventurers probably wouldn't get up there unless there's some, you know, high end political stuff going on. And so I don't know, those are my thoughts for, you know, this kind of grand elven tree scenario. Please leave comments and let me know what you guys, how you would use this, anything, any takeaways or any additions you would add to this. 
And then if anybody's interested in coming on and being a guest and just, you know, picking something and doing a little bit of world building sometime, just to have some back and forth discussions, please hit me up on Twitter or Discord and let's get something scheduled because it's a lot of fun.